Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Jordan J and Buddies podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Will, and uh, joining me once again is the good buddy, Brandon. What's up? So, uh, we're talking about the newest and most recently finished now Disney Plus show, uh, Marvel's What If, which was the thing that I was honestly the most excited for even when they announced these a couple years ago. I was like, that sounds pretty cool, hitting some alternate reality whatever stuff. Yeah, I definitely feel that is it, it was nice the way they lined it up because we came off the heels of Loki, we came into what if, got a live action one followed by an anime one, both prefacing the multiverse, but like it just made it better because it was explainable how it's still MCU canon because of the way that Loki ended. Yeah. Is they the even the watcher the opening credits, like it shows the same multiverse branching and stuff. So it was really oh, nice yeah. to see those small details. But yeah, super amazing show. The one that all of us were hyped for because as most people know by now, even if you weren't a comic fan, what if series were a lot of one-it, like one-off comics, uh, just centered on like weird alternate realities on just kind of hypotheticals, quote unquote. Yeah. But and, yeah. and I thought that it handled all that really well because just to hit kind of an overview first, the animation, I've heard some things kind of leveled against it, but I honestly really loved it. I don't think I had any problems with the animation. I thought it's it was really good. And it was this perfect, real weird kind of blending of 2D and 3D kind of stuff in a way that, like, we haven't really ever seen properly done before. Well, I understood, like, people were saying that it was a little stiff at times, and, like, you could see, like, small stuff, but I feel like people are just being nitpicky, you know? Like, people always are going to complain about super small stuff when it comes to animation at the end of the day. Uh, I think so, yeah. But, I mean, I, I think it was awesome. It was another, if, if I'm correct, is it was another instance where a studio has a new version of animation like we haven't seen this before just like sony did with spider-verse yeah we just saw disney do with what if and i think that that's part of it too and maybe part of why people get got so upset at the animation is that maybe it was a little bit stiff but that's because they're used to the mcu being human beings yes so you're always seeing them breathing or whatever and of course they're not going to animate maybe the tiny details of a human being but when you watch any animated show even the really well-animated ones, you know, Archer. Uh, sorry, I meant Invincible. Hey, I, meant I Invincible. like that you said Archer, too, though. I that is where a really I got, good show. I meant, I meant Invincible as far as something that's got really, really fluid animation. <laughs> they're still stiff while they're talking because they aren't human beings. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so I think that's just people kind of just looking for something to be mad about. Yeah. Because Archer is like the definition of stiff animation, <laughs> I feel like, so that's why that was a bad example. Nah, you gotta, you gotta watch Archer more, man. Honestly, we gotta watch that and do an episode on that eventually, but sticking to what if on stuff is, yeah, his animation usually doesn't pivot on the smaller details unless they're important to the plot or characters. Like, they'll focus on, like, people blinking like when the watcher blinks you know like yeah. it's like oh okay like he's showing more his more humanistic qualities instead of being towards the background yeah but, like it's just interesting like small stuff but yeah diving into that like, so i think you know, yeah we we're, we're gonna go episode by episode from the beginning because there's only nine episodes but each one is such a self-contained story um yeah that we don't want to we we want to do this for a couple reasons is one each one deserves to be talked about in on its own Absolutely. And we also, if say someone's watching this and they haven't seen the whole thing, they'll also, you'll, 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 you'll get a warning when we're going into each next episode. So that way you'll know, oh, I haven't seen past episode seven. You'll, you'll know, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm going to say it. So they'll, they'll understand. Yeah, exactly. You could stop and then be like, okay, I'll, I'll come back and listen. Or you could just wait and listen to the whole thing after you binge it. You could listen to the whole thing if you want. If you're one of the people that doesn't care about spoilers, listen to the whole thing right away without exactly. listening to or watching it. You yeah. Know? But uh. So we'll start with the, with the first one that I think uh, I enjoyed it a lot when it was new. But retroactively, I think it has come off as one of the maybe quote unquote 
weaker ones just because it was the most grounded out of all of them and that was what if Peggy Carter were the first Avenger. Yeah, let's let's preface something right off the bat for anybody who wants to levy stuff, you know, is uh all of these are amazing. Yes. When we're doing oh, this, yes. we're we're kind of leveling this on the same scale that we do Rick and Morty. Yeah, this where... is like this is like me comparing A minuses to A pluses. Yeah, exactly. Like, like there's no bad per se. There's yeah. just when you're comparing one to the other, there's good versus great versus best. And yeah. so yeah, I kind of agree with Will. Um, this one because it was the most grounded, and because again, season season opener of the first season, you gotta play it really safe to real yeah. people in, you know. But I mean. It, it was nice. It was a trek off of Captain America, but instead Peggy Carter gets the super soldier serum, becomes Captain Britain. I like the twist on that. You see Steve Rogers. Yeah, Steve Rogers thing. in like the ancient, uh, oh, what would they call it? The, the Hydra Stomper. Yeah. And so I thought that Made was by Tony really Stark's cool. dad. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. And I, I love the characterization of Howard Stark in this because he we, we haven't we have not gotten to see nearly enough of Howard Stark being in the MCU proper. True. I know he's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess. Haven't watched it. Um, but, I watched the Ghost Rider seasons, <laughs> but I think he's he's in he's in there, and I, I don't know. But I really liked, I just really liked him in this. I liked Bucky in this. I liked all. I thought this had a really good. They did a good job with all the ensemble cast. Mentioning Bucky, I I really like that it was different because one thing about What If for people to know is some of the people aren't reprising their roles. Like Robert Downey Jr. unfortunately didn't come back as Iron Man. We knew that. Scarlett Johansson didn't come back as Black Widow. Chris like, Evans didn't come back yeah. as Steve. But you do see Chris Hemsworth come back as like Thor and you do see like Sebastian Stan come back as Bucky, looping it back to our current episode that we're talking right. about. And you see Bucky in live action where he's so serious the whole time because he's the Winter Soldier, you know? He's gone through all this trauma. Sebastian Stan himself said that what if was such a relief because it's another what if thing. It doesn't just have to be, okay, Captain Britain and everything else is the same. Like, no, Bucky's a nice, goofy guy cracking jokes and happy and doing good stuff now, you know? Yeah, this He's is not like, just tripping out. It's like a natural extension of what we see of him in the brief points before he gets messed up in the first Captain America movie. Yeah. Where he's way more happy, go, go lucky, and sure, he's like... A soldier eventually and stuff so he's like he still isn't like an adult but he's he's young you know he's like our age or whatever at that at that point so of course he's screwing around and he's cracking jokes and he's and all kinds of stuff and that that little easter egg in there about how he was like you almost ripped off my arm yeah like that's ah, really nice ah. like oh okay we see what you're doing marvel but i mean keeping it spoiler free until we loop back around i think it's just a pretty good comparison to say it's a good jumping off point marvel made the right choice by yes. making this the season opener yeah it is a it's a really good start to it but i think that it just they i would say at least for the first few episodes here each one was better than the one that came before oh. it and so that would that naturally i would still say this is the one that is just lowest on the totem pole but it's a pretty good totem pole, Man, so that that's why I'm trying to like phrase it properly. But um, <laughs> but so I think it's a good episode, but there's not much to say about it. It's just True. good. It does what it has to do. Um, it establishes the new multiverse. Yeah, it establishes this is the kind of stuff you're going to be seeing. You're going to be seeing your your favorite characters, but twisted around. And it is MCU canon. So even though it's animated, even though it's a different feel on everything, it is still canon to where they could bring these some of these characters into live action eventually. We right. could see it. Yeah. But moving on, we got episode two, uh, T'Challa Star-Lord. Which, my gosh, <laughs> immediately fantastic. Because first off, Gar Guardians of the Galaxy is debatably one of the best movies in the MCU already. I love that setting. I love that entire thing. Uh, it's, it's the first movie that got weird when, when it came out in 2014. And so it's natural for them to, to make this episode too. And so we get to first off see the late, great Chadwick Boseman come back. 
<sighs> amazing, um, amazing performance. He comes back for a few episodes. It's kind of sad we won't get to see future projects, but it's very nice to see that this is his final stuff he put out. Yeah, and it was, and it does his character justice in every single one. Definitely. Like, I loved what they did in here with Thanos. Personally, I saw some critiques from people who said that they hated what they did with Thanos in this one. I, was I like, loved no, it. It's so good. It was amazing. It's it was so another good. thing right off the comics though. What if a Thanos became an Avenger? That is a what if thing. So they kind of melded it together. It was amazing. Josh Brolin. Came Came back for that, you know. Oh, I love that. That was one of the voice actors that did come back that I was kind of shocked. Like, oh, oh, okay, this is this is pretty cool because it's another case, just like Winter Soldier in the first one. You get to see him more relaxed. You don't see him all. Oh. You see him like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and because of that, we also see his direct relationships fixed around too. We see him and Nebula, who ne Nebula, who takes kind of a forefront role in this one as kind of like a a love not broken interest. person anymore. You know, and it's cool because we get to see her like how she could have turned out. Otherwise, without Thanos' is just constant abuse, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know? the only, so, only thing that she got tortured with was her eye is still the same where she got her eye ripped out. But that's, yeah. that's the first ever thing that Thanos did to her. So it was nice they kept that little detail. But she's also a love interest for T'Challa. Yeah. I kind of like that twist because I you hear that, that right off the bat. If, they were, if you were to hear a couple years ago, like, hey, what if they had a storyline where... Uh, Black Panther and Nebula had a thing for each other. You'd be like, ah, that'd be weird. And then you'd be like, what if it was Star-Lord and Nebula? You'd be like, still weird. And you're like, what if it was Star-Lord, Black Panther, and Nebula? You'd be like, that's never going to happen. That's never. Not only has it happened, about? but it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was well handled. And I loved, this also gave a new respect for the Collector. Yes. Because we had seen him before, but we had never been like, we had never really gotten a full scope of what his power was. Of course, people who know the comics know. But I he's an I just being. saw him as just like, he's just kind of the quiet guy. He's kind of like a Dumbledore-like guy where you you can clearly see that he had power at some point and now he kind of just has respect because of it. Yeah. But now, no, he could still fight and he could still kick <laughs> kick some teeth in. Well, and like he does. And he it's insane. That fight between them at the end is so good. Him, Yondu, and, and uh, T'Challa. Yeah. Amazing. Which Yondu's character, side note, before I go back to the collector, side note is Yondu even got a new layer to his thing to where like he treated Peter Quill like crap. He treats T'Challa like he really is his son and everything. And he's like, hey, you want to explore one world? Let's show you all of them, you know? Yeah. Like, that's really cool. There's more of a respect off the bat there. But going off to the collector is... As a comic fan, that's one of the biggest justices that Marvel's done now is, I agree, is getting Benicio Del Toro as the collector, amazing. The fact he came back and reprised his role, amazing, you know, he's a great actor on everything. But he was very underused, and even in Infinity War, we didn't really see him die. We saw Thanos' reality stone thing, but we didn't really see a lot of him. I would have loved to see a Thanos versus collector scene, you know? Oh, could you Cause imagine? He's, yeah, because he's oh. an ancient being, you know? He's the brother of the Grandmaster. So seeing a scene of Benicio Del Toro and Jeff Goldblum together is still on my Marvel list. Because, again, we didn't see the collector die. We saw Thanos' projection, so... For all we know, he's, he he's off somewhere. Because there's theories, too, in the Loki thing, in the final episode of Loki, that ship at the very beginning in the sacred timeline, people think that's the Collector's ship. I see. So, okay. who knows? But going back to the whole thing is we get to see kind of another sub-what-if. What if the Collector got, or, like, the urge to get the Infinity Stones, you know? What if he kind of became the big bad? Because he didn't get the Infinity Stones, per se, but he became more of, like, the Thanos of the universe. They even acknowledge that Thanos himself says, without me in the picture, Tavon saw a power vacuum. Yeah, I like that because it plays into Thor the Dark World's after credit scene where it's like one stone down, 
five to go when he first gets the reality stone and they never really paid that off right so in this it calls back like oh no if thanos really was out of the picture the collector would have been a lot more bold and a lot more powerful yeah so it's really interesting because it shows the ripple from how one thing could could shift it could shift the entire timeline and that being what if it was t'challa who got taken up to space and it changes everything it changes thanos's demeanor it changes the way that the that interplanetary exchange happens like yeah. so much because he's a naturally diplomatic person and so we see this on a, a universal scale as opposed to just a nationwide scale like we see in the main timeline That's you know true. and so i thought it was just fantastic i really enjoyed this that this one and it was just a great usage of the character and so the kind of thing that i never thought i would see yeah. especially with him passing away and now, no, we got it in its in its in its f full form. The only critique that I have for any of these episodes that I I, I would say I have that's this for all of these episodes. I wish they were longer. I wish they were way longer. I, I wish, wish they were they, the timeline. They, of they, Loki. They, they, they could have easily made these forty-five to fifty minutes, and it would have been like way better because of that. You know, but it's like if it had been if they had been forty-five to fifty minutes to maybe even an hour. I could have seen, they, they could have fleshed out so many more of these, and maybe there's a couple of them. Maybe the Peggy Carter one didn't need to be a full hour. But yeah, I that know, could stay 30 minutes. I know definitely, like, you know, I'm just going to mention it, the Zombies one, I would have loved so much more out of that. I, I, I want a part two still. And a few of these have so much more to them, and I would Wait. say this is one of them. I would have really loved to explore some more in-depth stuff all over the place. How does Wakanda look without having him there? Exactly. What is that? We, well, we, we we get snippets of it, but we don't really get to see it fully. See, you know? and I thought that the Tony Stark and Killmonger episode would have been the same as the T'Challa Star-Lord to, like, show the other side of that. That would have made yeah. sense, too, you know? But, I mean, I get why they kept those separate on everything. We'll get to that when we get to that episode. Yeah. But uh, definitely a good episode. The only sad thing is, is, again, we're not going to get to see a follow-up because we know Marvel's... Gratefully, I don't disagree with it, but Marvel's not going to recast Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther's T'Challa, so even in What If, I don't see them bringing in another voice actor. Right. He is T'Challa, so I think that all of the What If storylines with T'Challa are done. I'm sad we don't get more. They were even planning an entire T'Challa Star-Lord series before he passed, apparently. Wow. Oh, um, man. But we got what we did, and it's amazing. I, oh, I, yeah. It's one of my favorite episodes of the entire season, and it it's just amazing. I can't stop saying that. Yeah, I would f fully, absolutely agree. But, uh, and uh, the third episode, the uh, what if the oh, Avengers where it starts never got dark? <laughs> yeah, because the, because the first two were pretty happy-go-lucky episodes overall. This one, what if the Avengers never got the chance to assemble? Oh man! <laughs> and because it, it, it first off, it accomplishes a couple of different things. Because first off, the timeline of Phase One is a little muddy because they don't really yeah. get explicit with when things are happening. I forgot in, the line of the timeline. Oh yeah, and in the actual MCU, they have the movie re release order, and even the I think technically speaking, canon order is that like Hulk comes after it's like Iron Man One, Iron Man Two, Hulk, Thor, or something like I forget how it works. Iron Man One, Hulk. Thor, Iron Man 2, I don't know. It's, but it's weird, man. That's it's exactly like, what we're saying, though. It's but muddy. It's, like, it's screwy, where I can tell you everything else, how it should confidently chronologically fall, but with with Phase 1, I can't. But now we know that all of the big things, Iron Man 2, the bridge scene from Incredible Hulk, and Thor picking up his hammer and doing what he's doing in New Mexico is all happening within the span of, like, five days yeah, of each other. They're all pretty much simultaneous. And I love that it is approached properly here. I also... I am the biggest shill for the Incredible Hulk movie, and I just love them going back to that. I loved, I, I personally loved because I think Mark Ruffalo is is infinitely better than Edward Norton. So to see him, agreed, playing the Edward Norton Hulk 
was pretty cool. I love that they're doing that now. You see Don Cheadle come back as Terrence Howard's <laughs> War Machine at 1.2. Like, that's had to amazing, do it. you know? It's, like... it's great, though, because we've been knowing that, oh, okay, so what would you say? And they could say that the multiverse, like, that's a version of it or whatever in a weird retcon, but they're like, nah, instead we're just going to retcon it further and have the actual voice actors come back for these parts. Well, but could you imagine if they'd gotten Edward <laughs> Norton for one oh scene? Oh, my God. <laughs> but, um, he would have had to write the whole scene himself. He, he would have been writing all of what <laughs> No, I loved it, too, seeing Mark Ruffalo come back and see you know me I'm, I'm a critic of the Incredible Hulk because oh, yeah. I mean obviously I take into account it's one of the earlier MCU films so it, it gets some slack now compared to the later but I mean this definitely helped redeem it a little bit I can say that sure and um, so I think that just that this whole thing because at first I mean it's also a really well executed murder mystery kind yeah, of thing I was gonna say, it's, it's like this like si- this like very specialized serial killer and you're trying to figure out like who could it be? What is this? Is it like a virus? And is the answer like, was another on? deep comic cut. Yeah, where I I was personally incredibly surprised when the answer came out. They got me emo- emotionally invested, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was so good because it's all these things where, first off, Tony Stark just can't catch a break. But, uh, like, they, they, and it's... It's just really good. We also get to see a more true-to-form, I would say, Black Widow. Yes. I I love Black Widow every time that she shows up in here, because I think she is really, really well-written, and she's definitely more comic-accurate from what I can tell, too. I say that as a non-comic fan, but <laughs> but yeah. from what I can tell, she just looks more like her like what she what, what she should. Especially. They gave her way more of her weapons. She's yeah. had her widow sting in like every episode of the What If series. She's had a bunch of her other weaponry and suits and stuff. Like yeah, she's way more comic accurate. But it's because it's a show pulling off of the comic books. It's yeah. amazing. And so I just and Can't I mean I gotta be honest, the Hulk blowing up was brutal. When that happened, I had to pause and be like, "Did I just see what I thought I saw?" Because then you thought the logistics behind it too. When you find out later on what's going on, and you're like, "Oh, that's extremely like it was already pretty bad." But that's that's brutal. Poor Bruce. That's upsetting. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bruce. So but, it's yeah, it's, that, like that. it's just a crazy episode from start to finish because like of how the, short these things are. They have to kind of hit the ground running, so they're fast paced, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, they're killing off everybody. Yeah, well, not everybody, not quite. Yeah, there's I like w- that that's one open. one Avenger left at the end, and it's Nick Fury. <laughs> well, we'll get to that after the spoiler stuff. I remember someone else, but I don't I don't want to spoil that because that's the very end of the episode. Fair enough, but uh, it was just good though. It was just very good. Because that was the first one that got dark, because it is not the last one that gets dark. Mm-mm. And so they had to kind of hit us pretty hard with something, because th- especially the next one. Dark Doctor Strange, Doctor oh, Strange Supreme, one of the best I, I, interpretations it, of any comic it, adaptation ever. It would be hard for me to not call the Doctor Strange one the best episode. <laughs> like, yeah. I seriously... It was great. Oh my god! I watched gosh. it at least five times. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like that is the one episode I watched all of them again. I analyze once. I watch once. So minimum, you can assume I've watched every property of anything I talk about twice. But uh, this is this is the one case where it's like five, five, six times. And I was so just, much. And it, there was so much that was all packed in there, including some little Easter eggs. Like now we can re- reference it. He fights the monster that Peggy Carter was fighting. Yeah. You know, and he absorbs it. And it was really interesting because it's a little callback there. And it's just this insane thing of this is the kind of power that he is fully capable of wielding. Yeah, you it's know, pretty much what if Doctor Strange went into the dark dimension. And I, I, I like 
the motive behind it on stuff because the whole thing i think even the title is what if dr strange lost his heart instead of his hands yeah that's crazy especially because the time loop that you see when he's trying to get everything back it they they establish another big lore absolute points certain unchangeable spots in universal time that like yeah. no matter what you do certain things have to happen to keep the universe afloat yeah and we've seen this touched on in other things that handle time travel we've seen the idea of fixed points in time touched by doctor who and lost and yeah. stuff and to see it really just done here where it's like no you could have done anything that night she still would have died yeah like no matter what you did go to the party not go to the party not even go pick her up she would be dead and it was crazy. Yeah, her apartment exploded, and she was a death. Like, what? That's so, insane. It was but so good. I do like seeing that, though, because, again, an, that one of the best action sequences is the two Doctor Stranges fighting each other. Oh, boy. Definitely yeah. best. But, again, as far as comic book lore, top notch. I know that one of our friends is as avid of a Doctor Strange fan as I am a Spider-Man fan. Right. and. After this episode came out, I text him, and we even talked to him after, but I text him right away, and I'm like, hey, what'd you think of this? And all caps, dude, that was the best thing ever. Like, oh my <laughs> god. It was it was very dark. It's nice because, again, one of the arguments, again, is animation can get away with a lot more when it comes to darker content compared to live action because they're building their own universe. Yeah. So, like, they got away with a lot of stuff in the Doctor Strange episode that I don't think that Marvel would have broached for a long time in live action still, even though they touch on, like, darker stuff. Definitely. But I love that. I love seeing... Doctor Strange is a dark character. Yeah. And just seeing the tragedy unfold to see the most powerful Doctor Strange until No Way Home, but the most powerful Doctor Strange in the multiverse right now how he came to be yeah it's it's an amazing episode it's one of the ones that hits you right in the feels multiple times yeah it's got some incredibly solid emotional moments that again it's amazing what work these things do for only being half an hour long each and this is the first episode where we begin to see it kind of foreshadowed and now we see dr strange speaking to the watcher yeah we see an an, an interaction there and we're like wait a minute what hold on like, can he do that? Or like is beings he can get that? that powerful? Wait a minute. And okay. And it, and it leaves you wondering what's still to come. Because yeah. the, if if that's just how good Doctor Strange gets at something, then what's still coming next? Well, especially, too, the first couple episodes, you see the tiny little Easter egg, which we can say the first couple episodes since we already talked about them. You see the tiny Easter egg of the Watcher getting closer and closer. You yeah. know, like the first one, he's fully stars, just the eyes and the silhouette and everything. And through time, you see him. And it continues through this series. Obviously, that's not yeah. a spoiler or anything to say they keep up an Easter egg. They've already established the first four episodes. Yeah. But like, I, I think like it was seeing... in episode three, the What If the Avengers Didn't Get to Assemble, where they're driving to New Mexico or whatever. Yeah, and you see him. standing there. He's just kind of standing in the background. He's kind of a silhouette, but he's like an Earth-sized silhouette instead of being on the galactic scale. But you know? it blew my mind that he talked to Doctor Strange because I was like the whole question too through a lot of theorists' minds and even my mind is like, okay, so is the Watcher going to interact with them ever and stuff? And it's like, well, if that were to happen, I could see that happening maybe later in the series or maybe even end of season one or something like that. I don't, I don't know. And then episode four, he does it, and it's just like. Okay, my mind's blown because one, now we know how powerful this Doctor Strange is. He's right. on the same level as a Watu the Watcher. But two, this this is just showing how fast paced the series is willing to go. And it jumps all over the place, you know? We thought it was gonna be what if chronologically like Iron Man One's what if and then the Hulk's what if and then Iron Man Two's. I like that they didn't do that. I like yeah. that they meshed stuff together. Yeah, that they that they blended a couple of different things in with each other and hit timelines from all over the place. 
because then the the next thing takes place during Infinity War. It's yeah. the it's 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 the zombies one, and this was the one that we knew about first. This was like the first image that we got was the zombie Captain America picture like months ago, yeah. or whenever that was. So we knew that there was going to be a zombies episode, but we didn't really know what it was going to be, you know. And it was so good because I love that it was Infinity War based. And I love that once again, it's because Hank Pym screwed something up. <laughs> yep, of course, always. It has to be either Hank Pym or Tony Stark. That's just logic, you know. Which is which is properly done because or Doctor the, Strange. Because the reality is that Hank Pym is way more involved in the comics than he has been in the MCU. Yeah. So I like that they're kind of even on their their little ways here, kind of handling. Yeah, he is involved. You just haven't been a part of the universe where he was. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I do like. I, I, I knew that Spider-Man was going to be in this episode for one of them, but yeah. seeing the zombie hunter Spider-Man, amazing. I thought it was so good, especially because he was using Doctor D- Doctor Strange's cloak. Yeah, exactly. It's like they're like, okay, Doctor Strange is a zombie, but somehow his cloak still survived. And I mean, they've established before cloak levitation has its own sentience and everything, but that was just cool to see it choose Peter Parker, especially because you see Doctor Strange and Peter in past MCU stuff interact a little awkwardly. We know they're going to interact way better in No Way Home. Yeah, but it's just a little Easter egg, you know. Paul Rudd, though, came back to reprise his role. And that was so good. The I, form he took, man, was amazing. The, him being him being like one of the heads in, in a jar from out of Futurama yeah. was so good. And it was Such just, a deep cut. Because it, at first you just think, wow, they killed him off fast for being that they got the actual act- actor to come back. All right. And then, no, they didn't. He's back. But <laughs> not like how you want him. And, it's, and it was just oh, a, no. it was a buck wild It's episode. how we want him, but better, dude. <laughs> the, the amount of dad jokes he made. I was This was probably one of the best comic episodes for sure, because what if zombies is a straight-up series of Marvel comics. I see. But, uh... That <laughs> was one of the funniest episodes for sure, and that's largely so. in part due to Paul Rudd. Yeah. Like, I would definitely agree with agree with that. It was definitely one of the... Probably the funniest one, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, like, I loved... like Because the whole thing at first, with this whole thing of them, them being, like, a, a safe haven where people could go was really interesting because I was like, what's that going to be? Yeah. Is it going to be like too. an actual safe haven? And then when they got when they got there and it's like, oh, Vision's Mind Stone helps um, to kind of keep them away. The twist with Vision, though. But then it's for a reason. Yeah, exactly. He's keeping Scarlet Witch alive. Well, uh, quote unquote alive. By feeding them anybody, by feeding her anybody who comes to the safe haven. Yeah. And it's insane because eventually he even apologizes. He says, you know, Bruce, I'm sorry that that, that it had to be you next. And then we find, uh, you know, Black, Black Panther, who has had one of his legs already taken off. Yeah, that that's horrifying. Mind. I didn't expect that at all, you know, where he's like, oh, yeah, I was one of the few people that survived, and then they called me to help me. And then, yeah, no, Vision was actually trying to feed me slowly, because that also implies, too, not only is he feeding these people to Scarlet Witch, he's he's keeping them alive while he's doing it, so he keeps the meat fresh. Like, again, yeah, it's animation twisted. gets way darker. I love it. It's twisted. And this is now the second time that we see Chadwick Boseman show up. Yeah. And another killer performance. I mean, as if he would ever not. But it's so good because it was just like, we get to see more of Black Panther. And we get to see him interacting with characters that we haven't previously seen. Yeah. We have not really seen him ever properly interact with Spider-Man or Ant-Man. Yeah. And now we get to see that better. And I just really, really enjoyed this one thoroughly all the way through. But this is definitely 
I already saw this a little bit, but definitely by the time we got here, I was like, I wish these episodes were longer, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Man, I, I, I agree so with much that. More. I wish that they would have been an hour on stuff. And I get it, again, like, they were probably just like, hey, we're experimenting for now. I could see what if episodes for season two, because they confirmed season two, so I could <laughs> see what if episodes for season two being, like, 45 minutes, and I'm okay with even that. Move them up slowly, but uh, Marvel, we we want more. Yeah. We want way, way more. Of we this. want so much more, because the end... <laughs> this was already the, uh, the the like a really really good episode throughout, and then we get to the end and we think they're gonna get to Wakanda and be safe, and then we get that final shot for just like five seconds of a zombie Thanos that has five of the six Infinity Stones, and, and they're they bringing the, the sixth one. one right to his front door. My gosh. Yeah, super dark. Because I like that they established that little means, too, is it wasn't just, okay, the Marvel heroes are zombies. It was the Marvel heroes are zombies, but the way they explain the virus, again, out of the comics, too, but still, the way they explain the virus is it triggers a certain part of your brain to where you still have the awareness and the abilities to do all the cognizant stuff that you did before. So we get to see Iron Man use his repulsors. We get to see Cap use his shield. We get to see Doctor Strange cast spells because they know how to do that. So we get to see Wanda dead. doing her her magic. Yeah, and they so, are they aren't just stupid zombies. They are zombied versions of themselves. Yeah, and I love that little detail. Which again, the comics were written by Robert Kirkman of The Walking Dead. If anybody's gonna know zombie details and cool things for virus, it's that. Yeah. But uh, then we got the next episode, which was kind of muted compared to the zombies one, but I still liked it. Was the tone uh, Tony Stark? What if Killmonger was saved by Tony? What if Tony Stark was saved by Killmonger? Right. God, I cannot talk. <laughs> and so yeah, I think that that one. Yeah, you're right in saying that it was muted because it was back to being something grounded. Because Iron Man One is grounded, and for what it's worth, Wakanda and Black Black Panther things are also kind of grounded in the sense of they just take place on Earth. And so in the spectral scale of seeing the Doctor Strange one, seeing. Uh, the previous, uh, you know, Star-Lord one and all this stuff. Now this just seems like, eh, we're back to Earth. I think this is the one where they made a misstep, not on the episode itself, but episode placement. We said for the Peggy Carter one, it was smart to have that as the season opener. I think this should have been episode two. Yeah. And then Star-Lord should have been three, and then Strange, like, all just go from there, you know? The, I what think if so. The Avengers died for Strange 5. Just move them all back, because this just feels like it would have gone way more in place so i was a little checked out on this one but it was still a solid plot line again tony stark can't catch a break can't man i don't break. know if it's because they're like well we can't get our dj back so we're just gonna kill you every chance we get now but yeah. uh so now when 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 robert downey jr is watching these at home with his kids they keep going daddy how come you're dying in every one of these he's like <laughs> i i told disney no i should i should have gone back <laughs> i love you 3000 they're like okay we got to kill 3000 tony starks <laughs> so it's like because at this point now we've seen him die or be dead three times we saw him die in the die die by hank pym's hand we've seen him be a zombie and now we see killmonger kill him yeah and uh so it was this was good and it was really interesting ex exploration of killmonger's character to show that he's capable of so much and that it really that that t'challa was the only one who could kind of stand up to him properly i wish that it i still wish though like at the end of the day killmonger boiled down to the same motive that he did in the movies and everything else where it's like well i still want power like i still want to take over and stuff it's like i really just wish that it would have been a little different like if he would have even started on his power trek or something else and then be like oh no screw it i'm gonna be king of wakanda but i'm gonna do this differently but like the first half of the episode was like a what if episode and the second half of the episode was kind of more of like oh, okay this is a retread of black panther except for the last two minutes are back to what if because yeah. he still kills claw still brings him to the fence still gets in still declares his heritage still becomes ki like it's 
it's all it's, it's it's running a lot of the same circles that Black Panther already did. So there's an argument for this one also being pretty low on the on the on the on the totem pole but for still me good. side by side still with, good. With, with the Peggy Carter one. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I just think it doesn't hit the same highs that some of the, the great ones already did. Yeah. You know? But that being said, the following one. What if Thor were an only child? Party I, Thor! We got I to see Chris Hemsworth. I seriously loved this one. I could Dude, not get enough of this I one. I guarantee you Chris Hemsworth had a blast in that voiceover booth because oh, I'm sure. I was having a blast seeing Party Thor. And I love Thor as a character already in the MCU, but especially seeing like just how cocky he would have been, how Loki really was a pivotal point. Just like we said in the Loki series one, how Thor was a pivotal point of Loki's childhood, so we got to see a lot of Loki on his own in that series for the first time. Yeah. This was a small glimpse into, okay, what if Thor didn't have Loki? And I like how different it was. They still link up. Loki still yeah. appears. And I love this representation of Loki, too, I gotta say. I seriously love this because he's confident. He's not weighed down by his own past. If anything, yeah. it shows that Thor was the better, what was all the better from having Loki in his life, but Loki did fine without him. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that was re a really interesting ex exploration of them having a toxic kind of relationship. So as such, Loki being raised on Jotunheim did better for him and his, you know, general character to the point that he just isn't bogged down by, like, being the second child, the being yeah. the adopted child who gets less love from, from Odin and stuff, okay, you know? Okay, I get you. I, I was, guess that's more that's more my perspective. I'm not saying say, he's a better person. Yeah, I was going to say, as far as better, I would still say he's probably, him and Thor are probably better characters when they grew up together and everything, but uh, there was a small, people try to say it was a plot hole where it's like, oh, Odin gave this version of Loki back to Laufey, and then he was raised as his frost giant and stuff, but people were like, but Laufey put Loki out there on the first place because he didn't want him, and it's like, guys, this is a what-if episode, so what if Laufey wanted his freaking kid this time, you know? Well, cause so, <laughs> it was pretty cool because we got to see Loki full frost giant form, 12 feet tall. Yeah. He still had the Loki crown, but it was made of ice. That was a really cool detail, man. Yeah. And it was a complaint for some people, but I personally loved it that Thor and Loki still seemed like brothers, and they seemed at times even more brotherly than the movies but again like you said it just shows how their relationship's different because they were separate they didn't have all that I think tension it, i think it shows what you often learn in real life too is that some that you know it's a, a, that that the extension of that natural phrase the whole the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the of the the womb of the womb that they forged a real friendship instead of being forced against each other and kind of being kind of ri like sibling rivals their whole life and stuff yeah. they learned to just have a mutual respect for each other true and I as such it's fleshed out in such an interesting way where you can have closer relationships through voluntar like voluntarily than through being forced to hang out with somebody true i do love that they put odin into the odin sleep so literally everybody can go party like frigga is like sleep now my husband okay i'm gonna go party with my girls i'm gonna go see my sisters bye guys they're like okay thor thor's gonna go party in midgard because he knows midgard's a little planet earth but midgard's yeah. a little planet that is secluded and everything and then oh invites all these people but i love that they loop back around where it's like people are still scared of mama frigga like oh, Thor's yeah. trying to get help people don't want to help him and then he has to do a cool lightning move but then he's like hey you guys need to help me because my mom's gonna kill us all and literally the entire crowd is like frigga's on her way like that had me dying man <laughs> this whole episode was very lighthearted, which was nice i it really was, liked it yeah, it was a nice departure because the past couple have admittedly been really really dark and this was a really light look at this which was great because i think it was a good way to handle thor as i've as i mentioned in our loki episode which go check that out if you haven't before oh, a little yeah. you know sh shameless self-plug there <laughs> but um 
I mentioned that the biggest crime against anything that they did in these Thor movies is make them boring, and this was really light, as it kind of should be. It was yeah. really well handled and very jovial. Still had serious cause, consequences and serious Im- implications that were handled properly. Well, it made the twist at the but, end even better. Oh, exactly. Because it was so lighthearted with such a dark twist where everyone was like, that was the one of the only What If episodes that had me like, okay... <laughs> Now I'm going to tune in first thing next week. Like, I watched all these things within a couple of days of them coming out. Yeah. But I've been busy, man. This was one of the ones where it was, like, on my calendar, avid, like, okay, I need to know what happens before some other channel I follow or something spoils it for me, before somebody reaches out and tells me stuff. And so before we jump quite to episode eight, I just want to cover this real fast. Captain Marvel was really good in this. She's been good through the whole series. She's been really good through the whole series. And I mean that as no slam against Brie Larson at all, because I think that Brie Larson is a good actress and she does good in there i just think that they are finally writing captain marvel at least in this series way better than they have previously if they write captain marvel in live action like they are with this series which again the way they did monica rambo and wandavision i have hope because the same director writing her that it will be doing captain marvel too so i have hope they'll change up her character little by little because again they're on the right track we both said we love captain marvel as a character but it's just it kind of had a little bit of a not not the same issue as Black Widow because we said Black Widow was more of like a sex symbol for a long time, but it was just the same issue as underwritten is Captain Marvel was more of, we're the first female superhero movie, which Wonder Woman, no you weren't, so Wonder <laughs> Woman, uh, yeah, sorry, DC actually beat you to that one, Marvel, and hate it to was say good. it, yeah, it's that's why good DC movie, well Gal Gadot's until, amazing, until like Shazam, but, like, but again, Captain Marvel wasn't necessarily bad, but it was very forgettable, and these scenes with Captain Marvel in this what if, not forgettable. Not at all. And especially in this party Thor one, she was really, Her really good. Her versus Thor was amazing. It was a great fight. I keep saying amazing. I'm sorry, guys, but it's amazing. But when it is, it is, you know? And just, just, call, it, just call it like it is. Because she was, in, she was in a previous one, too. I forget now. Was she in... Did, did she show up in the... One of the team didn't have a chance to assemble? Was yes, she called in there? she's at the very... She's, she's, she's right at the end there. I liked her in there, too. I know it was a smaller role, but she was just really good. So if they keep writing Captain Marvel like this, there's some hope for them saving her character. Oh, yeah, Because Brie Larson is a good actress, and she does good in the role. She's, she was good in Scott Pilgrim, too. <laughs> she's just been written poorly. And, and I, think, I think they're trying to retroactively... I don't want to dive too much into Captain Marvel. I'm just saying, I, 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 I liked her in this, and I'm excited to see what they do with her going forward. I wish Brie Larson would have came back in the What If episode so that we could fully advocate for it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Same. either way, is this is the point, though, that we have to acknowledge in general because the last two episodes are very linked to the whole series, so we have to acknowledge right now. We've kept it light. We've kept it spoiler-free. We've kept it plot stuff. But, like, if you're on episode seven, the last two watch them together before you come back because from here on out it's gonna have to be a little more yeah, we're, yeah we're, we're gonna talk about eight and nine as one big episode because it's only natural to kind of do so yeah exactly um because you so, have what if ultron won and then you have what if the watcher broke his oath and those are again it's a part one and part two yeah. you can't not reference one part without the other so again final spoiler warning go watch that here we go here we go so so <laughs> what if ultron won straight First up Tony Stark dies again. <laughs> but. <laughs> but it was great because even his death was a small little callback to like even when Ultron later on, again, right off the bat, spoiler stuff, when Ultron's beating up the Watcher and the Watcher begs him the same way Stark did where he's like, you don't have to do this. Yeah. He's like, you don't understand. Like, this is evolution. Only primitive minds don't understand that. Like, oh, he just called you a pea brain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I like it because we've all said Age of Ultron was one of the... Like I I like it, but it's the weakest Avengers film because I oh, keep the Avengers sure. films in their own category. Yeah. Um. So 
it's nice to see a lot more comic accurate thing if you're going to use the term Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron in the comics is exactly what you saw in this what if. Ultron destroys everything and because he's a computer, he he can perfectly analyze everything. Because if you want to call like the Age of Ultron like an era of human history, like you would talk about like the medieval age. This yeah. is the Age of Ultron. In live action, the Age of Ultron was like it was like two days, <laughs> so yeah. it wasn't really an age. But here, it was an Age of Ultron. He wiped out his entire planet with the exception of Black Widow. I wish James Spader would have came back. That's I would have loved that. But one I was of the honestly, only characters I wish would have come back. But I was gonna say. For what it's worth, it he wasn't J. James Spader, but the guy who did it did a really good job. Oh, yeah. He I, I fully, as soon as he started speaking, I believed. I was like, this is Ultron. This sounds just like him. This is fantastic. I really yeah. love this. And so that whole first episode goes insane because well, you don't, I, like, we didn't know what, well, I, I didn't know what, what we were looking into. Well, we know? knew, again, what if Ultron won? We're like, okay, he's going to get the Infinity Stones, which rumors up to that point in time have been like, okay, we know it's going to be ultimate big bad of season one is going to be Ultron as the Infinity Gauntlet, a living Infinity Gauntlet. That's insane. But how is he going to get all six Infinity Stones? We were even debating, who is he going to sacrifice? Would it be Scarlet Witch? Because he'd technically be Vision, so he'd have that connection. Would it be Vision himself? Turns out, it's nobody because... He Thanos does majority of the work for him still. Thanos Which, walks through was, the portal, and I have, Ultron's just I have like, this entire time loved what they did with Thanos. I loved what they did with him in the Guardians of the Galaxy one, and I loved what they did with him here, because it's not inaccurate. You know? He was caught off guard. He was caught off guard. He wasn't... They have only shown that Thanos has the power of the stones when he properly uses the gauntlet. And he wasn't using it. He was holding it, but he didn't snap. He didn't clutch his fingers or anything. He didn't utilize it. Yeah, he was so, more just like, what is this? He was this? just a guy, and he was like... He didn't even speak. He just got cut in half. <laughs> yeah, so if you look at his face, too, when he gets cut in half, they purposely, like, morphed it where, like, one eyebrow is up and, like, his like it's in a scowl. Like, he's shocked. He's, he's shocked. like, oh, I didn't even have a chance his, to his, react. His, his final moment was him being a little shocked by what was just happening to him. But that's why it gets crazier from there, because then Ultron, again, being a computer way easier to master the ability of the stones than somebody who's trying to do it no matter what cause you're doing a living being trying to master these is going to take a lot longer you know no matter how old or how long you can live for so ultron doing it just exponentially getting it to where you see okay he destroyed the earth which i love the black widow and hawkeye stuff in oh yeah so i gotta say that before because this is where it breaches into both episodes so i gotta say beforehand black widow and hawkeye stuff Definitely amazing. Hawkeye got a cyborg arm. That was freaking cool. That was nuts. Uh, and I, I've always just been the biggest fan of Hawkeye in general. I yeah. love Jeremy Renner in here, and I've always wanted more Hawkeye. Part of why I'm excited for for his series. I'm glad he came back. But I'm excited that he came back and that we've gotten just like really good representations of him. Because I, I didn't touch on him at all, but he was great in the in the what if they didn't get a, get a chance to assemble episode. Oh yeah. And he was great here. And I just really I just love Hawkeye's character because he, he's like the one like normal guy out of the whole bunch. Yeah. He hasn't been trained by the mob by like by the by like the, the Russian mafia. He didn't. He he's not the son of how. Stark. He's just a guy who's just really good with a bow and arrow who's kind of friends with people at S.H.I.E.L.D. And they've and like, gone into <laughs> all of his different arrows a lot more, which they're going to do with the Hawkeye series too, but they've even within the What If series, they have a few different Hawkeye arrows where it's like, holy crap, dude, that's awesome, you know? Yeah. They even have a callback for one of them where the little USB arrow or whatever that they get Arnim Zola in is the same one from Avengers 1 that he uses to hack S.H.I.E.L.D. Telecarrier. Yeah. Like, that's, that's really cool. Which, like, makes logical or sense. Or, like, the callback to Avengers Endgame where it's a reversal instead of of Natasha forcing Hawkeye to let her go, it's Hawkeye forcing Natasha to let him go. Like, that's... Yeah. It was just... 
Oh, <laughs> it was a. Uh, <laughs> it was really cool. It though. was really. <laughs> uh, sorry, that caught me off guard. It was weird. Uh, again, doing this outside for now until later notice. So. But um, yeah. So I really like that like whole thing. But I like that they did Ultron as okay. This this has no more conflict on Earth. But all these other planets need me. Obviously, that's how he'd think. That's that's how he was thinking in the first yeah, he place. He figured my job is done on Earth, and so we just see him messing up every planet that we've come to know and love throughout yeah. the entire MCU. He goes and decimates Asgard and Sakar and Ego and just anything that has the been named. He, he wipes Ego. it out. I know he. You wouldn't think he'd be able to do that. Or uh, the Nova Corps for one of them on stuff. Mm-hmm. Because even if you notice a small detail. I love that they did this for MCU continuity, but a small detail on this was when he goes to the Nova Core planet, they their structures and stuff are half destroyed, half rebuilt, and it's because they're rebuilding from when Thanos just invaded them for the Power Stone. I like that detail because we didn't get to see that in live action, so we got to see at least the aftermath still, but it's something's better than nothing, you know? That's so true. So we see that, but then that's where you also see another Captain Marvel scene where it's also freaking awesome yeah her versus ultron the plot twist is ultron's already mastered the infinity stone so he's just like all right let's 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 do this then you know i'm gonna destroy this entire planet this entire universe and everything else yeah so she doesn't stick around for long but it's (laughs) but it's cool to see her again you know because she puts up the fight that she always should and uh she does and it was as good as it was gonna be except that he is in full mastery of all six infinity stones to a level that even thanos wasn't because he could just use them whenever yeah thanos was weakened by using them all, all at once to such a level that to use them a second time almost killed them yeah he's a machine it doesn't affect him at all and he has tons of bodies for evolution on stuff that he builds for himself you know so i mean even if he destroyed one with it he'd just make another one yeah doesn't matter but uh then you have um the 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 ending where he even approaches the watcher and people are like well i don't understand why couldn't thanos if he had all six infinity stones do that and it's like well because again ultron's a machine who mastered all of this and destroyed every single being and planet in the universe to where he had nothing left so he reached a new level of omnipotence well, yeah because because the, the watcher himself even says with the earth done and his mission accomplished ultron achieved an, a previously unattained level of consciousness and yeah. so because of that, we get to see this is somebody who could actually do this, you know? Yeah, I, I love seeing it, honestly. And even just the Easter eggs, like they had a little Galactus Easter egg in there when Ultron eats the freaking universe of one of the planets in the last episode. Yeah. And that pretty much leads right into the next episode, which is where they start, you know, have to reassemble everybody, which I think is both good and bad. I thought it was interesting how they even went about reassembling it, you know, because you get to see Dark Doctor Strange, like the Watcher kind of retreated back to him a little bit. It was kind of a karmic (laughs) retribution sense where it's like, oh, no, you rejected me and now I'm your only hope. Well, yeah, it was a little like the the line from Thanos in Endgame where he's like, you could not live with your own failure. (laughs) But where did that bring you back to me? For real. But, um... It's, it's also like, because there's a couple of things that were left open as things that would have sequels to them that now got kind of closed off, like the Killmonger stuff. I yeah. really wanted to see how their universe would end because they had this whole thing where Pepper and Shuri were going to kind of work together and now, nope, Killmonger's stuck in a bubble. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I would have loved to see a, a, a proper follow-up, and I thought that was a little bit of a... That, that, they didn't do them enough justice there, I feel like. Yeah, and like, again, everybody when we heard a Killmonger episode, like, what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark? A lot of us were like, are we actually going to see a good Killmonger? And, like, 
Now, at the end of the day, Killmonger's evil, I get it, but like, it kind of feels like they just retreaded a lot of the Black Panther story after he killed Tony Stark. Like, he still sees Ulysses Claw, he still kills Claw to get into Wakanda, he still claims his heritage. It, it's yeah, he, he doesn't, the same thing. He doesn't have any growth or get fleshed out as a different kind of character, because we get to yeah. see how these people, we get to see what, who Peggy Carter is on her own in a different world. We get to see Doctor Strange in a different world, but we get to see this is like Killmonger still just kind of being Killmonger, and then he learns nothing and just gets put into a bubble. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, eh. But overall, I really like that final episode, though, because we got to see some insane fights. Of course, we do get a window into the episode that never was, which is the um, Tony Stark fighting alongside of Gamora thing. We might see it in season two. I mean, it's going to be, what if Tony Stark went to Sakaar instead of the Hulk? So it's like, instead of Thor okay. and the Hulk fighting on Sakaar, it's Gamora and Tony Stark. That's pretty but cool. But I mean, again, the whole thing of but this still past whack. episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the only, <laughs> they didn't show it because it's the only universe where Tony Stark survived. <laughs> exactly. They were but, like, no, this is the season of Tony dying over and over uh, again. But I mean, they they showed, like, I did like that for the finale episode is they kind of show, like, what happened in each universe afterwards, like, after we finish the episode, you know? We get to see Ego the Living Planet take advantage of peter quill still we get yeah. to see like all this other stuff yeah you know? it gave us some nice follow-ups to a lot of them so we can see what the immediate aftermath was but then we don't actually but there's a cut but there's like that one the, the killmonger one really got to me because that's already a pretty borderline mediocre episode and then to not even get a, a conclusion to it that we feel like we're owed yeah. i don't know that 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 leaves a bad taste in my mouth but overall, I really like that that finale, though. Well, because the Arnim Zola part made sense to me. Like, I would have loved... Oh, that was so good. I would have loved for them to keep Zola open as season two villain, because in my head, right away, as soon as they're like, oh, we're going to use Zola as the secret weapon, it's like, Zola's evil. Zola's going to want to use Ultron's body for his own purposes. So I like that they did shut it off, and it makes sense with the way you set up Killmonger to have him be caught in the loop with Zola. But, like, I, I get you, you know? Like, it's different. Yeah. We're going to have a rotating team of members in future seasons, apparently, and part of that is obviously unfortunately due to the passing of Chadwick Boseman you know like yeah. he can't return this was his last project did amazing every single time you know like every portrayal of T'Challa was amazing yeah um yeah. but we're not going to see him most likely because they're not going to recast the character out of respect uh we are going to see Peggy Carter again they they already confirmed that the season two uh Peggy Carter thing is what if Steve Rogers was Winter Soldier so I'm really excited for that yeah that's pretty cool I liked the I, I like the the endings of that last episode i liked that you know she kind of gets to keep living the life in the current day that she kind of has been already i like that we get to see uh, black black widow get kind of a new home you know yeah, she goes I, to the one where loki's winning the universe yeah and she proves to be pivotal everybody including us at points have said oh she's the weakest avenger but like we see without her in the picture if everything happened the same loki came to earth and everything else but she's not in the picture he wins yeah Otherwise, it's just guys being dudes, and that's no good. You got to have that, you know, feminine touch. But I, <laughs> I did like though that Doctor Strange is technically his own version of a Watcher now because he's watching over the pocket dimension of Killmonger yeah, and Modok, and he's just gonna stay in his dimension. You know, he knows the price he has to pay. He's just gonna stay in the destroyed little bubble that he created. Um, but I mean, we'll see if we get to see him in season two or not. I'm, I'm really excited. It wouldn't surprise that. me if he came back again because I think I don't think he's done either because I think he's probably. 
in his own way, still wants to exact some vengeance on the Watcher for kind of this eternal punishment that he gets. Now that the Watcher was willing to interfere, why didn't he inter- interfere to help Doctor Strange out? You know, I think I think there might still be some some tension there. That'd be cool. I th- and who's to say? Well, because they also but, confirmed that like the Watcher's relationship in season two, they said with Peggy Carter, but you can assume with the whole universe is going to be vastly different because he even ends the show by saying, you know what, my original oath. I'm not going to interfere. Like, I, I swore I cannot do anything. I just watch. But this oath is, no, I'm going to interfere for people that threaten my multiverse. Like, he's going to be a lot more active in season yeah, two. when he needs to be. But much. I like that we got to see Ultron and the Watcher fight in episode eight, but they never came back to blows in episode nine. His episode nine was the Watcher being like, okay, okay, I cowered. Now I'm going to go strategically here. Instead of just going brute force because you caught me by shock, you caught me by surprise. Nah, I'm ready for this, and I'm going to assemble some of the best heroes in the universe. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see Party Thor again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because the Watcher is barely involved in, in Episode Nine. He brings them all into one place, and then he kind of steps back, but he steps in right when he needs to to kind of land the final blow on the battle and stop the whole thing. Yeah. And I thought that was really good because the whole thing is that they're supposed to be able to defend the multiverse. They shouldn't really need his help. Exactly. And it was great because he stepped in just when they needed it and not a, not a minute earlier. Well, and it was just really good. It's really interesting too because season two obviously, it's already in animation process according to sources and stuff. Like they already wrote season two, have it recorded, they're going to animate and hopefully have it out by next year, you know? Yeah. But... There's rumors that season two can introduce some of the other watchers because Uatu broke his oath. So yeah, that so has consequences. Be in some, like, trouble with them. Yeah, so that'll be really interesting to see. You know, is like, I don't know. They left they left the show in a really good spot to where I was very pleased with the outcome for the most part. There were a couple episodes I wish could have had a little more. Yeah, I really wish we could have seen that Tony Stark episode of season one because they're like, oh, because of COVID, it got delayed. But like, how? You already had it recorded. Your animators already did all of the other stuff with the other... Uh, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I just want to see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to kind of just, like, trust Marvel at the reins with stuff, but that sounds like not the best excuse. I don't have a good reason to believe them. True. Because, like, you animated the other nine episodes. Exactly. And, <laughs> and like, you made Gamora a pivotal part. If this just got forgotten, then who cares? But she was in the ninth episode. Yeah, you brought her back. That's why it doesn't just make Just don't sense. put her in then. But why would you? You can't have your cake and eat it, too. But, I mean, so. season two is going to cover a lot more of Phase 4 movies. They said that Black Widow, Shang-Chi, the Eternals, all this is going to be involved. And okay. And makes sense because the Watchers, while they're peaceful, the Celestials, who are going to be in the Eternals, are the opposite. They were created by Eternity to interfere. So it's going to be interesting seeing, are we going to see a What If Celestials episode from the Eternals? That'd be really freaking cool. Because that would be just, like, out of this world. Because What If was already pretty barrier-shattering, and now an Eternals is going to do the same thing with beings that we've never with the scale of which we've never seen before yeah so it'll just be i think that that would be fantastic that's why i like this show though man is we saw it and like a lot of shows that you don't know what you're going into you see the first season you're like okay at least i know what to expect for the next season right the only thing i know what to expect is awesome animation i know some of the storylines or whatever else is being discussed but at the end of the day we don't know what to expect and it could get even crazier than what it did yeah i'm ready for it because it 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 already went crazy like i i I had my little like like things of like maybe the watcher will interfere i don't know but when ultron becomes aware of him i gasped i was like oh no oh no yeah (laughs) and then i was like okay that's bad enough and then he breaks into the little side universe to that's talk to them directly that was where i was like oh my gosh this that's... is insanity see because when he approached the watcher i was like okay so same omnipotence as dr strange whatever we've seen this in the show but it's when he broke through the crystals and the watcher was like what is this that even i was like 
oh, that's not supposed to happen. That, that whole, that's not that, that, that happen. whole line has become a bit of, a bit of a meme. The whole I've seen everything that could ever happen and ever will happen, but what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's but, so good though. But I'm excited. I mean, think about it because it's not just movies anymore either. What if WandaVision? What what's going to be the what if there? Like what if oh, Agatha Harkness won and took Wanda's powers? What if Captain America and Winter Soldier? Like I I don't know what they would do for that one. Like what if Zemo came back and won the whole thing instead of just being sidelined and doing a weird dance? Yeah. What if the show was better? Yeah. yeah exactly. Honestly, I like but, the show, but it could have been better. Yeah. Uh, but especially, what if Loki? Yeah. What if Loki? Ooh, is, are we are we gonna see Kang in animation? I don't know. But honestly, I don't want to ramble too long. I think that I've said pretty much everything I can about this. Yeah. I, I think, would highly recommend this show. I think we're looking good, and it was it was a great show that did a lot of new stuff, and they stuck the landing. They had a couple of little small misfires. As you would expect, because yeah. you can't make anything without missing a little bit. But overall, it was a solid show, and I can't wait to see what comes next, especially because it's canon. So it's like, are they, how are they going to address some of this stuff? How will it eventually tie in in some way? Because it has to in the long run. They aren't just making a show off to the side. Everything yeah. has a grand plan, and I'm excited to see how that eventually plays back in. Well, they said that there's always a chance to bring some of these animated characters into live action, which plays into our previous arguments where it could be comparable eventually if it's the same characters, literally same universe, just going to different mediums. Yeah. You compare certain forms but they said like peggy carter dr strange a couple others we we might see them down the line you know like yeah. it's it's really it's it's exciting to see where they're gonna go with it it would be really interesting to see that but uh yeah we are hitting uh, the end of this one so uh if you want to plug anything go for it uh just the normal got the instagram at canva butter c-a-n-v-a-b-u-t-t-e-r selling paintings commissions all the stuff Posting food, dankness, all the time. And, um, yeah, of course, if you want to find the podcast, we are on a- Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on YouTube We're now. finally on YouTube. We're on, we're on YouTube, which is an easy thing, because that's I think it's a little bit more applicable, yeah. to, or, or at least it just covers more ground. Well, I know? finally get to hit them with the, please like it, subscribe, guys. Guys, yeah, <laughs> please like, sub, ring that bell. <laughs> Seriously, though, I have people, like, actually yeah. starting to listen more. I know that you have more friends. Like, we have people yeah. coming to us more and more, so, I mean, I'm happy Jordan's opening more forums. Like, yeah, I'm, it's, I'm fa- really it's, happy it's fantastic. The usual shout-out for Jordan as well. He's, he's got, doing amazing. He's got his stuff. He's got his own little side side YouTube page where he's doing, um, like, how to do how to do things in Photoshop and, like, d- designing movie posters and stuff. Dang, I'm going to have to check that so out. So that's also really cool. Wow. So a little plug for Jordan here as well. Finishing up the plug, too, is, like, Jordan coming back eventually, hopefully for a couple episodes, three-way episodes, or even some episodes of me and him you just chilling in the back I'm, yeah. I'm excited dude yeah, we'll be, he's killing it though yeah, That's he's, all he'll, 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 he'll be coming back but that is it for this and we'll start the outro real quick but I don't know, really know much what to say because this episode was split over two recording sessions. Yeah, I was sessions. gonna say this is there the was about, what if episode. Is what if we waited freaking longer to record this? What if what if we recorded episodes one through eight in, in one go and then recorded episode nine a month later? Do you think it's gonna be tellable that like we picked up the episode nine? I don't know, but at least we're acknowledging it. Yeah, we're acknowledging it at the very end though. So too late now. Too late. <laughs> Whatever. That was the outro.